Want to do better? Then it's time to change the story. Welcome to our show about new visions currently transforming the world through the confluence of art, tech, and innovation. And now your hosts, Michael Ashley and Neil Sahota. Hey, welcome to another episode of Changing the Story. Got a fabulous guest and a great friend of mine, Danny May. He's a global AI tech entrepreneur and industry speaker who founded Lingmo, a digitally AI-powered translation software provider, despite having no IT or AI background. His idea was to develop a real-time language translation solution to break down the global language barrier. And it came about an after embarrassing situation in China. So I'll let Danny tell that part of the story, but uh, Danny, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me on. Now you're, you got a fascinating life story and I know that cause we're, we're great friends, but uh, you know, kind of alluding that in the uh, intro here, cause you actually by trade are a plumber and now somehow you're this amazing cutting edge AI tech entrepreneur. What is your origin story? Um, yeah, no, correctly. I'm um, yeah, tr- fully qualified plumber. Um, you know, as you alluded to in the intro that um, the, the story, how I become a tech entrepreneur was um, I was, I was contracted to do plumbing work um, for a company here in Sydney and I had to go to China and um, find hot water products. And, you know, literally four hours after landing, my passport was stolen. So I went up to a police officer and um, he was just on the street and I, da- I had um, I downloaded a, well, they're now a competitor's app, um, onto my phone and said four words, you know, hello, how are you, into it. I thought, mate, you know, small talk just to get the conversation going, uh, come out and translated, hello, I love you. So, <laughs> so the small talk went straight out the window and <laughs> it got pretty tense. Um, you know, long story short, after me attempting a few more times with bad translation, the police officer seen I was not, you know, having a go anymore. Um, you know, and I'm like making fun and I was legitimately trying. Um, he, you know, was cooperative with me then. Um, but yeah, from that, you know, it's um, come back and did some market research on the language translation industry and, um, and found, you know, where the discrepancies were, how, you know, same four works, 50% of them were wrong and um, found a Lingmo. Wow. Well, that was a harrowing experience. Glad you're all right, obviously. (laughs) But that's quite the motivator to become an entrepreneur. I mean, what what kind of clicked in your mind here? Did you just suddenly say like, hey, you know what, I I want to solve this problem, I'm going to drop everything? Or did you ever think about being an entrepreneur before? Yeah, um, I thought about it before. And there was just, you know, I had a couple of, um, you know, sort of startups that I, I, I started, you know, before Lingmo. Um, I had the wrong mindset at that point in time. Um, you know, the mindset was I started, you know, a, um, a photo sharing where you could um, change the, the fonts and text on, on photos. Um, founded that company because um, uh, what, uh, Instagram sold to Facebook for a billion dollars. So I started a company for the money. Um, but where the real entrepreneur journey come from was, um, was back still when I was doing plumbing. Um, my boss at the time, he was my first mentor, he really... Um, wanted me to go into um, and look and go to Anthony Robbins, you know, Tony Robbins events. And I, you know, I was literally what 17, 18 at the time. And 
you know, it was $3,000 for a ticket. So I'm sitting there thinking, I don't want to spend three grand on a ticket. I'd rather go out on a holiday or go on the drink with the friends. You know, you know, yeah, you, know, you, you got your priorities set there. Um, so literally after three years of um, Andy Robbins coming over, um, my boss just finally gave me and goes, I want you to go, I'll pay for you. So then I went there and one thing that really set in my mind from that event was, um, you know, Tony had a, a story of um, when he was, I think he was skiing in Colorado or something with um, with an associate and his associate, before they got on the chairlift, he goes, I've got something to tell you at the top of this chairlift. They got to the chairlift, like Tony goes, okay, got to the top of the chairlift and the associate goes, I just made $100,000. Tony goes, dude, how, how did you do that? He goes, well, I created a business where I don't need to be there day in, day out. Um, and it's, you know, it's it's built to scale. And from that, that really stuck in my mind. You know, that's where the entrepreneur journey started. You know, being a plumber, I had to physically be there pretty much all the time. Even you have your own business, you've got to be there. Um, and that's where the, the the entrepreneurial journey really started. That's incredible. But it sounds like, you know, you learned some sort of lesson here because you said, you know, thinking about the billions of dollars in sales and stuff like that, I assume that didn't that venture didn't work out because you're doing Lingmo now. What kind of change did, did something happen? Um, yeah, it's it's you know, I watch you know you watch a lot of motiv- podcasts, motivation videos, and stuff when you you know being an entrepreneur and, and going through the journey. And it's you know, Steve Jobs says it, everyone says it. You know, you've got to be passionate about what you do. Um, if you're doing it for the money, um, when times get tough, especially now during COVID, there's a lot of tough times, um, you want to just pack in the bag and, um, you know, take your bat and ball and go home. You don't want to continue with it. But if you're passionate about it, so for me, you know, when, um, with, with the issue that I had in China, I was passionate about it because, you know, communication, you know, for Ling- Lingmo, communication is the key, you know, whether you're in one language or multiple languages. And when you can't communicate with someone and you feel lost, you have that sinking feeling in your stomach and your heart. So, that's kind of where um, that what the differentiating point is now from you know from the other company I started to now is I'm, you know we're passionate about the project, um, not thinking about money. The money will come in the end, but it's about getting through the processes and, and step by step. And another key thing that I learned was in this, the the um, uh, photo sharing company, you know I you know put all my hard earned money into it and stuff, and then people said oh they want to come in they'll put X amount in but they want you know. 40% of the company and you just go, and, and, and you, you know, you're young, you go in your head, you go, no, you know, I've put all this money in. Why would I do that? But now you go, you give something away to add value to you and your team. And that's how you grow. Yeah. Would you rather own hundred percent of a $1 million company or 10% of a billion dollar company? Exactly. Exactly. That's the mindset. So I had to have a mindset change. Um, and, you know, I've, I've done a few um, keynotes and speaking events where I've had young people come up after me. And that's probably the one biggest tip that I give them because they always say the same thing that I did. I'm going, dude, I said the same thing that you did, you know, five years, 10 years ago. Um, you know, give something away to add value to you and you'll see yourself grow. Look, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, as as a lot of people know, I've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs over the years, and I see a lot of people that they have great ideas. I believe everyone has a billion dollar idea. But so many people say like, well, I don't know the business side, or I don't know finance, and maybe I should really get a job and try and do some of these things for three, four years and understand. I was like, you just learn bad habits, right? (laughs) The best, the best entrepreneurs, like you said, they're passionate, they just do it. I mean, it, I'm assuming as a plumber, you didn't exactly come in saying like, I know how to read financial statements or do a go market strategy. 
So, I mean, how, how do you make that leap in, right? So you, you're starting Lingmo, you're like, I'm, I'm all in on this. What are the things you, you first had to learn? Um, I guess with being a, a plumber in Australia, you know, it's a seven, eight year course. Um, so one of the courses you have to do before you get your license is actually a business degree. So you, ah. I, think, I think what happened in the early days, it used to be mandatory when I did it. Nowadays, it's not, but I think they're starting to bring it back in because in the early days when it wasn't mandatory and people didn't do it, that people were going off and starting businesses and they're going broke because they didn't know how to you know balance up a balance sheet. They didn't know how to set accounts up. And it, it gave you that, that sort of, it wasn't about plumbing, it was about general business. So in relation to that, I found that really helpful because it was, I had to do that. Um, the thing that with starting Lingmo, what I really had to focus on was the tech. Um, Self-teaching myself, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm dyslexic, so reading books and, and manuals and stuff is really difficult for me. So I'm a real visual learner. So I had to, you know, I, you know we assembled a great team of, um, of developers who really work with me. Um, in, you know, they work with me now, but in the early days, I asked a lot of stupid questions, put it that way. Um, and you know, a lot of a lot of people come up to me and say, I say, sorry, this might be a stupid question. And you can know the people that want to help you and that don't, because you know, I say it to um, to some people now, sorry, this is a stupid question, and they come back and say, there's never a stupid question if you learn something. But then if someone comes and goes, yeah, well, it probably is a stupid question. You, you kind of know what react, what answer you're going to get may not be beneficial to you. So in the early days, it was learning the tech um, to differentiate ourselves. So. In the early days when we, you know, we partnered with IBM where I was fortunate enough to meet yourself, Neil, um, that, you know, I didn't tell IBM for like the people we're dealing with in America here in Australia, probably would have been for a year that I used to be a plumber because I didn't want them seeing the tech <laughs> built by a plumber. I wanted them to see the tech for what it was. Um, so I kind of, you know, we said a little, you know, not white lies. I just didn't inform them of my background. <laughs> you know, everyone has a background. Because um, I wanted, I just didn't want the tech being jeopardised for, you know, a plumber created this, it's not going to be any good. So I, I built the conferences up and then I actually didn't tell them. I don't know how they found out. Somehow they found out and then next, you know, there was a big press release that went out and it went massive around the world. So in the early days, it was learning about the tech. That's good. But I mean, it's a, it's a powerful story. Like Like I said, I think, People don't realize that, oh, I don't, I don't know tech, I don't know business. A lot of people find reasons to say, to say no to something. It's like, you don't need to know that. But I, I also get the stigma. I mean, I unfortunately hear this a lot, especially in certain areas I won't name about, well, if you're not a, a technologist or you're not from those areas, how, could, how good could you really be? And I think that's, that's a really poor association to make. There's talent everywhere. There's great ideas everywhere, but the idea by itself is worthless. It's all about the drive and the execution. That's where you need good people, good team. And I'm really, it's unfortunate that we have to cut, you, you, you had to do kind of the, well, I'll tell you a little bit more about my background later. Let me show you the tech first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've done a sort of ask about it. Let's, let's, let's focus on the tech. Um, but exactly what you said is 100% right. You know, if I told, um, um, everyone that you know, I was a plumber, and we're from Australia. The stigma is straight away. It's there. So we let the tech do all the talking, then found out, and people use that as a drive. You know, it's when you know I do a lot of speaking now, where you know, it's sort of you know, motivational people for, to go from one industry to another. Anyone, as you said, anyone can go from one industry to another. It's about your commitment, your drive, um, your execution, um, and you're going to get a lot of people. You know, it could be family, friends, um, you know, associates saying you you, you don't you know 
that's that's not for you. You know, I've had a couple of people in the early days when I was when I was doing plumbing. You know, I always I went out to everyone's house, so I sort of gave them the idea of what I was going on. And I never forget. Um, I went to a, a guy's house to you know, out of all things clear, clear a block toilet. You know, that's probably that's, that's the worst thing that you could do. Um, told him what it, he knew was in the tech business. He goes, mate, you should stay in your own lane. I said, what does that mean? And he goes, leave tech up to people like me. You stay to plumbing. And funnily enough, he tried to clear his own block toilet. And I said, well, you know, that's got to work the reverse way around. You know, you clean your own toilet now. I'll go off and do the tech. So I kind of, you know, went through through that phase. But it's, you know, it's a lot of naysayers. It's commitment. But it's, um, you've got to work twice as hard as everyone else if you change industries. And you've got to be prepared to do that. Well, for sure. Well, I know that you've done some amazing things with Lingmo, right? Maybe you could share with the audience what makes Lingo so, so special? Because I'm sure they're wondering, like, isn't there a lot of translation tools out there? I mean, what has Danny done? Yeah. Yeah. So what what makes, you know, in the early days, um, what, what we found was um, the issue that I had from trying to want to come back. The competitors did the translation part perfect. So that was perfect. Where they actually failed, and it took someone from outside the tech industry, you know, where they didn't have blinkers on to work this out, was the speech recognition. If your speech input isn't correct, the rest of the translation snowballs. So you've got different dialects, you've got ambient noises, you've got um, someone mumbling, you know, um, you've got all these various points. So what we've done is we're, you know, we've, we've partnered with leading, leading um, institutions to use our, uh, their artificial intelligence, you know, Microsoft, IBM, and, um, and others, where we really hone in and perfect the speech recognition side for the voice to voice but also the contextual side. So when um, you're, you're speaking um, or someone else is speaking, it doesn't do literal translation. It does it contextually. So you understand what's going on because there's nothing worse than you hearing it in English and you go, I kind of get what that dude's saying, but I kind of don't. And I've got to, you know, especially in a business case negotiation, that could be the key for signing the deal or, or not signing the deal. So that was a, that's a key, you know, differentiating point. And the other thing that we do really well is, you know, we partner with the right people. We know we do language translation, you know, perfect. We, we're one of the leaders in the world, but we partner with other organisations to add benefits to our solution as um, for enterprises or, or maybe in the consumer side. Um, and we're really starting to see that growth now, in, more so in the enterprise side. Um, we, you know, we've, we've done deals with Zoom, um, Telefonica of late, so who really see the beneficial side of what we do and how we train it. Um, you know, our algorithms are, are set a little, we'll say out of the box for the training side. Um, and, you know, another beneficial side of us, what we do in the business side is um, we can train it for industry um, specific terminology. So for an airline, for example, they have different terminology to what a hotel was. So not one solution does all. Wow. So recognizing accent dialect, because I totally get that. I asked Siri, what's the Yankee score? And it's telling me they like, calling the yarn store. <laughs> so it's great. You recognize yeah. dialect and accent, contextual translations, so like slang, idioms. Uh, it, it learns so you can train it specific vocabulary. But I'm really curious here because you're talking about Zoom and Telefonica. These are some really big, well-known companies right? Why are they getting involved with Lingmo? I mean, they must see something special here. Yeah, they do. They've, you know, these, these companies um, have done, you know, six, 12 months of testing of our solutions or our software to make sure when we, you know, obviously announce we're doing partnerships and stuff that our brand goes against their brand, their brands, you know, 
um, you know, they don't jeopardize anything for their brand. So they see the, the key differentiating points that I mentioned before, the nuanced dialect recognition, industry specific, especially for these companies are, are, is a big thing, um, you know, key for if they go to, uh, um, you know, Telefonica, we're, we're, we've done a deal with um, Melia Hotels in Spain. Um, so we're running our solutions within um, the proof of concept Amelia Hotel um, in one of their flagship um, hotels um, starting at the end of the year. So that has different terminology. You know, you've got different, you know, they've got keynote presentations that have different terminology so we can train it on the fly. Um, the, the, the thing that we learned early on was, you know, the go-to-market strategy. Um, we started off as consumer-based. So my focus when I started the company was, consumer, 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 because I had the problem when I was traveling. Um, but that space is very, very um, congested. You've got the big players that can give their software away for free. We had big companies, um, airlines and, and um, you know, um, um, coffee, coffee chains come to us and ask if they could use our software into their organization. We could, but we had to rebuild it to scale it to suit the enterprise. And we kept on getting more of these coming. So what we did was we pivoted 18 months ago to really focus on our business side to redo the software to make it scalable on, on to enterprises. Um, and we're seeing we're starting to see the growth there now. And I guess one of the key points is we go in, we fix one problem for these organisations, then we add value with other ones as they see the confidence in us. So they do their testing on the software, they make sure it's all above board, everything's um, compliant, which everything is. Um, the accuracy is there. Um, then we um, go through the process of, you know, working out who the key clients are and, and, and what problems we can fix to start off with, fix those problems and then move from there. That uh, is awesome. Um, I mean, you don't hear about, you know, startup companies getting such opportunities. I think that really shows you got something special going on and the value and, like I personally know, having traveled around the world many times, that typically we think about translation enough is usually all right. And you know, if you're like on vacation, probably is okay. But when it comes to things, especially like business, man, a small misinterpretation could cause a lot of havoc. Like I remember when I lived in China, we had some colleagues come from the states, and they were working with you know some Chinese potential clients and they were having something wrong. So they, asked, they asked me one time to come in to help talk about like AI and they're off talking about cloud first and you could tell something was not right, right? And so finally it just kind of dawned on me. And so I asked the translator and I asked her, you know, when, when, my, when they're saying cloud, do you, do you know what they're talking about? And she looked at me and she got all angry and she's like, I'm not an idiot. I know what a cloud is, it's the things up in the sky. Like, ah, that's actually not what you're talking about. <laughs> there, there lies the problem. <laughs> so yeah, you know, it's and it's it's a common thing. You know, as you said, it's you know, if someone traveling, they can get away with sixty percent because they may get a wrong, wrong flavored drink or the wrong meal. But in a business sense, um, it could be the the point of signing a million dollar deal to not sign it, but just because of communication, it's the key. It's what everyone needs to do to, to do business. Um, and we're in, and especially now with COVID it's, it's everything's done cross border. So our software works cross border, um, you know, as just as effective as it, if you're face to face. So I guess that's the real key point here that, you know, it's, it's, um, 
it's about giving back to the companies and also the, the um, employees or whoever may be using it to be able to communicate with their customers freely. And I guess another thing to point out is we get asked all the time, oh, with your software, it's going to make interpreters um, null and void and go, well, it's not. What we're here is we've got the solution here to help enable them, um, make it easier for them to be able to communicate. So, you know, at the UN, they may, instead of swapping and changing, they may be able to, to read off the screen instead of really listen to what's been said and they can get their time frame done longer. So there's so many different things. It's not about taking jobs, it's about using the software to enable people to communicate, whether it's for interpretation or business communication. I think people don't realize what a big challenge that is. I mean, you work in a multinational company, you get into these weird communication kind of gaffes all the time because of the different languages. And I, I, you know, most people think, oh, shouldn't everyone like speak one language? Or it's like, I can tell you, like even the airlines, like I can't name names, but at a very large airline carrier group as a client once, and you just think even about Europe, right? Yeah. The people in Spain are speaking Spanish, the people in France are speaking French, the people in Italy are speaking Italian. Right, they're not all speaking the common language, and you think about just even the jargon. Mm. You don't want uh, miscommunication. Bad things could happen. You're talking yeah. about hazard risk. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, and I'll I know a different airline, which I won't name as well. Um, but <laughs> you know, I met with them, and they said our um, our staff can are multilingual. And I've just gone, okay. Well, I suggest you get on a flight from Shanghai to Sydney, and you see how multilingual they really are because they can't communicate. So it's, yeah, it's, it's just about enabling people to communicate. That's, that's the whole focus around the business, what we're passionate about. Well, that's fantastic. Any chance that you'll have a translation capability? So when I speak to my better half, she knows what I'm saying, or I understand what she's saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're, 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 we're doing that now. And we're also doing the drunken translation. So if someone's <laughs> drunk, um, you know, that's, that's, that's a lot of work in that one. Um, so I'm trying to test that out for the, for the team and, and, you know, see how we work it, but yeah, we're, we're working on that now. <laughs> Do the significant other one. I think there's a huge audience. <laughs> that's, <out there. laughs> that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on this incredible journey you've been on, Danny, I mean, there, I know there's lots of people that entrepreneurs that are learning things the hard way, even, even leaders. Like, you know, even the, you know, I've worked with a lot of global Fortune 500 companies. They struggle with a lot of some of the same challenges like entrepreneurs do. So in your journey, like, what are the, what's the advice you would give to people? Like if you're just a leader of any company, you know, based on what you learn, what would you tell them? Um, you know, what I've learned is, you know, bring the right people in at the right time um, to the company because they will help grow your business and make your job a lot easier. Um, it's if you're going from one industry, if you're a fan, you're going from one industry to another, be prepared to hear the word no a lot. Um, <laughs> and, and I guess the biggest thing that I say is be comfortable being uncomfortable because Run when you when you're doing it, you're you know you startup founder, you're entrepreneur. If you're in your comfort zone, you're not in the right place. It's as simple as that. So if you you're, you're in your comfort zone, then you know you might be able to be in your comfort zone for a couple of months while you're building software out and stuff like that. But then you know if you're not comfortable in cold calling people, you've got to cold call people so you can try and sell your software. So it's being comfortable, being uncomfortable, and it's it's never sort of you know you know, giving up, I guess that's the biggest thing is you're passionate, do something that you're passionate about um, because then you'll per persevere to to um, see it through. And that way, you know, you won't give up through the hard times. And I think right now with um, with COVID, that's, that's a, a big thing for a lot of people is it gets, a lot of things get hard 
um, and business models. And especially during COVID, they say, you know, start a business during a pandemic, like through a, um, you know, a downturn, because then you can see if people are willing to pay for it when, you know, the, the money's tight, then it, you'll get through it. So I guess they're the kind of the tips that I give. That's great, great advice. I actually, you know, when I teach entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, I always tell them that here's your comfort zone and outside is this other bubble and that's where the magic actually happens. So you got to step yep. out of your comfort yeah, zone to get there. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, one thing that I wasn't comfortable doing was keynoting. So I got, um, you know, mentored to do keynoting presentations in front of thousands of people. Um, and, you know, it's helped, it's helped the business, it's helped everything. So it's, it's, yeah, as you said, getting out of your little bubble and getting into the little bubble that's over on the right or left hand side and, um, and being in the uncomfortable spot because that's, yeah, that's where the magic happens. Well, that, that's fantastic advice. And plus do things that are hard or even if you don't like them, we had another guest on the show, Elijah Stacy, whose mantra was do things that suck. Yeah. And it's like, I that, love that one. That's, that's where the secret sauce actually is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going I'm to take that one from now on. I like that. <laughs> well, Danny, this has been fascinating. If people want to learn more about you, about Lingmo, what's the best way to connect? Um, to learn about Lingmo and the products that we do, jump on lingmointernational.com. Um, we've got everything on there from our, our products that we do on Zoom our ones that are um, for live chats, um, custom built for, for organizations. Um, if you want to, you know, connect with me, the best spot is LinkedIn. So jump on my LinkedIn, Danny May, and, um, you know, friend me there and happy to answer any questions and, and help people through the journey. Awesome. Well, Danny, thank you for sharing your story of becoming a plumber to AI entrepreneur, a fantastic advice and helping us all be better communicators. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, Neil. Hey, my pleasure. Hey, if you like today's show, please remember to hit the like button and leave a comment. If you've been enjoying the Changing the Story podcast series, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you.